Hey, good morning, everybody. I'm Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. It's August 17th. My work halfway through August already, 2023. We got a nice show for you today. Let me shut down the music here. That shut down nicely. All right, we got Gary Anderson here. Gary is the founder. I'll bring him on in just a few minutes. Gary is the founder of All District Reads, and it's alldistrictreads.org, though I have it linked up here on site. All District Reads, which is based in Norfolk, Virginia, and it's an organization dedicated to their, quote, lighting literacy fires in homes by getting all K-5 families in participating school districts reading and discussing the same children's book at the same time. And he's working with school districts in Virginia and elsewhere, and we're going to have a nice conversation with uh, Gary about all this. He's done some great work before. He's been on the show before. And uh, we'll we'll have a good conversation and see where this goes and where it takes us and maybe how you can get involved as well. All right. You can check it all out, though, at at alldistrictreads.org. You know that we here at Education Talk Radio are the uh, voice of the American Consortium for Equity in Education. And everything we do is over at ace-ed.org. And we invite you to go over there, check everything out. Our magazine, Equity and Access, all the podcasts are over there, which there are many. Okay, they're all over there, so you'll see the link. We also have the Excellence in Equity Awards. We invite you to participate in that. All right, it's uh, free for educators. Everything we do over there is free for educators, so please check it all out. Enjoy what we do. We're trying to make a statement for equity in these tough times. Okay, not only for equity, but for educators, etc. We're on your side, so let's work together and check it all out. Again, ace-ed.org. And without further ado, let me bring on the one, the only, a returning guest. There he is, Gary Anderson. Hi, Gary. Welcome back. It's Larry here. Good morning, Larry. It's great to be back. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me back. You <laughs> <laughs> well, if yeah, you're, and if great. you're good today, you may get a third invite. Who knows? It's possible. Well, you know? that'd be great. <laughs> good, good to have you back. Okay. And by the way, a big thank you to our friend, John Miklos, for helping me put this show together today. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. I, I want to say something before we begin about all district reads, all right, and that is that we were supposed to have John Gordon, who's the superintendent of Suffolk County. He was going to join us today, but he couldn't make it, and I just want to thank him for even trying. Like, can we plug his book before we move on, just to give him a little shot here? Is that okay, Gar? Sure. Yes, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. He wrote a book, which I love the title. I don't know much about it. He's welcome to come on the show, get in touch with me. It, it's called The Teacher's Lounge. The quote, uh, the subtitle, The Real Role of Educators in Your Schools. And I thought that was an intriguing title. I just wanted to give it a little shot if people want to check it all out. That's by Dr. Corden down there in Suffolk County where he's the superintendent. Hopefully he'll come on sometime, but he couldn't make it today. I know he is using all this. They're using it, obviously, in the the, uh, community, right? Yes, he is. And he had an active shooter, all the uh, different police departments and all. They have an active shooter, not a – active shooter drill today they scheduled oh, it on good. the day for the radio it's just a drill good <laughs> so he, thank you he couldn't make it i'm sorry <laughs> I, didn't miss, I didn't mean to mislead you i'm glad they're doing that and I, I, i'm glad they're doing it it's so damning unfortunately they think about when yeah uh, well certainly when i was in school 12 million years ago i mean you know yes. could, could you even imagine such a thing when we were kids i mean it's just unbelievable no. It's just it's unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable. And every school district has to do it, quite obviously. But uh, right. it's just sickening is all I can say. And uh, it's yeah. a problem. I don't know. 
that, that we can only solve this way right now. And I guess we'll get it together at some point to do it. Okay, so invite invite him on to the show. You can come back with him if you want. Okay, I hate to have Great. him not here. Great. We'll go from there. Okay, and uh, okay, so now, by the way, tomorrow, this is actually interesting since you brought that up. Uh, tomorrow, I'm doing a show with the National Association of Secondary School Principals, and they have uh, have a course, have something called the Principal Recovery Network. And this is for education school leaders who have experienced violence in their schools. Because mm. we always think that, yeah. you know, and it does, it affects the kids and everybody, but it affects the, the, the educators and the, the school leaders as well. Okay. And so yeah. it's kind of a group thing about for helping, to, to, you know, so they can all talk together about if they've experienced violence in their schools. A crazy world out there is all I can tell you. I'm going to do that that podcast tomorrow. So, Odd, uh, you should bring this all up today, but we'll move on. Okay. Um, Old District Reads, you're the founder. Tell us about it, Gary. What are you doing? That in Norfolk, well, Virginia. Norfolk. Did I do that right? Norfolk. Norfolk. I call Norfolk. it Norfolk, Norfolk. but you know folk. F-I-F-I-F-I-C-K, Norfolk. Norfolk. Is that right? Norfolk. <laughs> we have a different way. It's good. So this is a this is a third nonprofit that I've uh, yeah, formed, I know. and I formed the first one, uh, Read Aloud Virginia, back in 1999. And you know we were just encouraging, putting up billboards, saying if you can read this billboard, go home and read a book to your child, or no, uh, no. your children are waiting, or your children are waiting for you to come home and read a book to them. But we we didn't have a program, and then uh, in 2003 formed Read to Them, and that is a great program. It's mo- more or less about one school at a time, but there seemed to be something missing. There just wasn't the community engagement that I'd hoped to be because the community surrounds the schools. They're right there, and they're uh, an integral part. But a lot of times they're not. They're they're an integral. They're sitting there on the sideline, kind of. A lot of times the community. So this all district reads. The purpose of it was to pull in the community, and for every school systems and the way we do it, we do one book for the whole school system, all the elementary schools, twice a year. One book in the fall and one book in the spring. And there's a community <laughs> champion. Cool. Like, yeah, so a Rotary Club or uh, uh, the Nobleman in Virginia Beach or the uh, Downtown 100 in Norfolk, which is a group of young professionals, 20, 30-year-old, and they have about 60, 70 members. And so they, they become the community champion. And what that means is, they put labels in the books for every book, and they, they one member or two members goes to the school on the day that they kick off the book, and they get to know, uh, they hand out books, they get to know some of the personnel at the school, and then they stay in touch with the school. And that is so exciting because what has happened in Suffolk, and I'm sure Dr. Gordon would, would amen this, what has happened, the, now we've done two books in Suffolk, is the community has become part of the connected. And we just had a big uh, breakfast yesterday morning <laughs> with nice. with about a hundred people, and and it was like the the head of it, Dr. Melissa Twisdale, she talked about how it's it's really unified the community and the school system 
around a common story. You know, they they have a common story and trivia questions and and uh, and so this seems to be the most exciting nonprofit that I've ever been involved with because it involves the community and the children and. And it lights that literacy fire because we do it yeah. all in Suffolk. We have 7,000 families participating. And uh, and so it starts that it's all – it's initiated by the school, but it's accomplished in the home. All the reading aloud of the chapter. And the community champion actually does an, an audio of each book. And so the children can oh. – uh, or the parent can <laughs> take home the, their cell phone and hit the button, and it becomes a literacy fire. That you know, they have their own copy of the book, mm-hmm. and they listen to it together, and then they discuss it. And so, if, if they don't want to just to have time, or they don't have somebody who feels comfortable in reading it aloud, and it is off the charts. It's just so exciting to hear parents and the uh, administrators talk about the differences making in their community. It's unbelievable. Let me ask you. You know. What got you started in this? I didn't say this at the beginning. You have your quote, and I want you to go over this a little more. You're an educator. You're a school psychologist. And, of course, you're a family literacy advocate. You've been doing this now. You said 1993 earlier. That's like 30 years. All right? And 30 years. You, yeah. That's, a, that's not bad. Well, how old are you? You're what? You're 35, right? You started when you were five yeah, years old. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, talk so, just to skip. This is a nice thing. You know, a lot of people think about this stuff that 99.9% of people don't do a damn thing, which is fine. Okay. And what got you started in actually doing this? I mean, this is great. Well, that is a great a question. credit here, buddy. You know? Well, I, I really appreciate that. Uh, so in 1972, uh, I wasn't sure I graduated from college, wasn't sure what I was going to do. And then a school system contacted me and said, asked me to teach science. I said, well... I was, I was just deciding what to do, and so I called them up. I called them, but returned their call, and, they, and somebody, their science teacher, had resigned uh, just the week before school started. Uh, yeah. And so they needed somebody. They were desperate. So I had the science background, and so I taught science. I had no idea when I went in that classroom that about a third to the half of my students couldn't read the textbook. I Wait, just, what grade and, are we talking it, about? What grade? What grade are we talking eight, about? Seventh and eighth yep. grade science. There you go. School, there you go. Science. And this is in Virginia. This is in Virginia somewhere. In Virginia, in York County, yes. in York County schools, at York County okay. Intermediate. And I was just dumbfounded. And and yeah, and amazing. they quit trying. They had they. I would say well, study for the test. I would I would tell them. Here, here are the answers almost. Here are the answers. Just study this part, study this part, try to set them up for success. And they still got a 20. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. So after teaching science for three years and seeing this pattern again and again and again, uh, I decided back, went back to school and became a school mm-hmm. psychologist and was told, was told then I could evaluate the children's, figure out what the problem was, address the problem, and get them back in track. So I did that for about 15 years. I was a lieutenant. I was just testing children, putting them in special ed, you know. And, wow. and then, but then, then I'd go back to them because I was the only school psychologist in Northumberland County. I would three years later I'd reevaluate Jeez. them, and then 
six, three more years, I'd reevaluate, and they were worse off. The truth is, they had fallen further behind, and they, and the pressure about, uh, you know, the classroom, the regular classroom, uh, trying to keep up with everybody and trying to stay with it, that was off, and and they didn't like being put in special ed. Ugh, they didn't like yeah. it. So, so in 1999. I'll tell you a real quick story. Two men were sitting on the riverbank. And so two men were sitting on the riverbank, and here comes a child floating downstream. So they jump in the water. They save the child. They get back to the riverbank. And then here comes two more children uh, being carried away downstream. They jump in the water, and and they uh, rescue these two children. They get back to the stream, and here comes five children being carried out. And so one of them starts to turn to jump in the water, and the other one turns and starts running upstream. Where are you going? Where are you going? And he's and the man said, "I'm going to tackle the man that's throwing these children in the stream." Mm-hmm. And and that's that's what I did. I almost remember yeah. at my desk getting up physically and saying, "I had 30 children waiting to be tested, and I knew the vast majority of them." were raised in homes with po- at or below the poverty level yeah. and they were yeah. and they didn't have the skills the language yep. skills put in in school so That's i started right. looking up the in skills. the early yep. 90s what yep. and for a prevention what could prevent this not what could, <laughs> could, could address <laughs> not, it not, and not how to pick it. them out of the river but how to stop them from getting in the river that's what we want to do yes Exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, it's that How do you simple. stop them from being – it's that simple. It's that simple. So I started looking, and I found out I, I uh, contacted – somebody put the Read Aloud Handbook on my desk, and, and I contacted Jim Trelease, the, the author of it. And I said, you're saying all we have to do is read children's novels to them, and then they download them and take that language and build the foundation so they can build their literacy house. So I started using that as a school psychologist every time it worked. I never had any child come to me, and if I got a, an aide to read to them or if I got a, a, a parent to read to them, it worked. You could see it in their eyes that once they downloaded that story, and there's no shortcut. It takes time, energy, and effort, which we do for our own children. I have 13 grandchildren now. We read to them all the time, but we also explain things to them all the time because we know we're trying to set them up for success in life. Right. And every child needs that. Every child needs that. And so after doing that, you know, for a number of years, and then uh, then I start then we started working to try to try to solve it, you know, throughout the state. And then we formed Read Aloud Virginia, and then uh, mm-hmm. then I got yeah. and that that picked up some traction. But then I had another group uh, said, "Well, you, you've got to take this nationally." And now Read to Them, the second organization, is a nationalist on all fifty states, but it doesn't. Congrats. Bring in a community champion. It doesn't. The the all district reads has the community champion part, and that makes all the difference because that means grassroots ownership at the at the grassroots level. The community champion. We're kind That's of right. behind the scenes. We we step back after two years. We do this for two years, 
we give them two books free for the first year. Every school division that signs up, and we give them two books for the first year and two books for the second year. So after four years, we take a step back. The community champion stays on, and then the schools start funding themselves. We look for right. private funding for the first two years, and then the school system funds it for the next 10 years. And they have a community champion, and that's what's happening in Suffolk right now. That we, that we're stepping that's back. Suffolk, that's, is that, that's Suffolk, <clears throat> excuse me, Suffolk County, Virginia? I want to make sure we got yeah, this right. Yeah, that's where Dr. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Gordon is superintendent. Right. I, I, there's Suffolk County, New York, and Long Island. I wanted to make sure oh, everybody no. knew what we were talking That's about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Suffolk, Suffolk County, County, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, okay. Just, yeah. just to be sure people understand that. Uh, how do you get the um, – I'll, I'll use rotary, the rotaries, et cetera, the, the champions involved. How do they even find out about it? Does, it, does that go through the schools, or, does it, or, or no. are you guys doing that? Yes, we're doing that. And basically, as the executive director of uh, All District Reads, that's pretty much my responsibility. I, I go into the communities. These communities, right now, we're in all five school systems in Southampton Roads. And South, Southampton Roads, it, on, the, uh, on the ocean side, there's Atlantic Ocean, and, and that's the east. And then in front of them, mm-hmm. north, is the Chesapeake Bay, and then there's uh, – mm. Beautiful. There's a, a, a river, a couple of rivers, James River, East River, on the other side. So it's really a huge peninsula with five school systems, and they have about 80,000 elementary students, and we do our program K through 5, all the elementary students. So in the spring of this year, we'll have 80,000 households participating in our program, and over that whole region, so like the – that gives you the McDonald's in the region are going to join in. They already want to be part of it. Yeah, they should. It gives you visual support. Yes. So, well, what, 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 so, what do you want? This is actually interesting. What do you want? I'm, I'm trying to understand. The, 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 um, the community champion, uh, yes. I'll use Rotary as an example. I was a Rotarian for years, okay? I'm so, a Rotarian, yes. There you go, brother. All right. So but it's a great group, by the way. Okay, very I just loved it when I was in it. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, re- I really did. But uh, are are they raising money, or are they just kind of? And I'm just using them as, or are they managing the program after you guys kind of step back a little bit? Just talk to me about the role of a given Rotary or whatever. Right. Well, they have to make their contributions. Most, yeah, most just trying to figure most it out. Ro- yeah. Right. Most Rotary clubs will give us twenty five hundred dollars. We have to raise $11 per child per year to give them two free books, the school system. So uh, like in Suffolk, you have 7,000 students. We had to raise $80,000 from private sources in the community. And many of those Rotarians were wanted to participate in, you know, in, in helping fund the program, but as an organization, they gave us $2,500. But they open doors for us to share the vision. And I tell you, once you start sharing the vision and, and the positive energy this creates in the community, between the community and the school system, uh, there's a lot of people that want to get involved. They, they want to participate. Of they want to fund private funding. So, so if they see that this actually works, and it does, I'm a pragmatist at yeah. heart, 
I want something that worked. I was tired of hearing so much philosophy and everything, and this works every time. I've never had it not work because you're, those children, I think of them as sitting like a bird's nest. They're sitting there waiting for somebody to read a book to them, and they love it. And they say, read the next chapter. Can you read another book? They all do that because they they are getting understanding about life. They are understanding stories, all those things. So the Rotary Club, uh, we have a number of Rotary Clubs, but every Rotary Club in an area doesn't choose to participate. So then of course, and we're we using Rotary to, as an example. Yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So you go to the Kiwanis Club, you just you ask people where's the Kiwanis Club <laughs> the Lions, involved. The Masons, you go right down the list. The Moose, well, the Eagles. Well, yeah. in Norfolk, it was Norfolk, they have a downtown 100. In Virginia Beach, like they have that. a group yeah. called the Noblemen. Yeah, well, so, so we go to them. In any given big city, whatever the case may be. I mean, you know, you can go to anybody yeah. and work this out. But I, I'm curious about something, Gary. Are you, are you in contact with any of the publishers in, um, I'll say, K-5 uh, publishing, okay? Yeah. Uh, like yes. a capstone, as yes. an example, you know, who can give you discounts on the books, et cetera. I mean, the, yes. I, I know yes. capstone, as an example, would love – I can't say what they do, but I know they would love to hear about this. I'm going to make sure they well, do know. Yeah. Yesterday, but, I mean, our main sponsor – yesterday, our main sponsor for this breakfast was Scholastic, and, and they are okay. really supportive. And they are helping us with the books, and they're just wonderful. So Scholastic is is really our champion publisher. And there you go. They really get it. They get what we're trying to do. What we are doing, not trying to do, what we are doing is we're lighting literacy fires in homes that don't have one. And once you do that, once you light that literacy fire, because every child wants to participate, oh, sure. when they go to school the next day, they have a trivia question. So they all – Listen to yeah. chapter one, then when they get to school, the principal says the trivia question, what color was the hat that Tim was wearing? <laughs> and so all the children write their name, they write their answers, or the teacher aide writes their answers. They send them all up to the principal's office, and then uh, they choose a winner from every class. And it doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. All we want is participation. And so right. then they get a free coupon to McDonald's or they get a coupon <laughs> for ice cream tomorrow or whatever. And that goes on for a whole month almost. And they love those trivia questions. And they wanna know they wanna know what's going on. Plus they're having fun they're having quality exactly. time with their family. Yeah. Well and you know, and you know people have been reading people have been reading since <laughs> excuse me, since um since that was this Sorry about that, everybody. That was uh, people have been reading since Gutenberg uh, did, wrote. They 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 love to read. Gutenberg created yes. the printing press, and and that was that. Yeah. And 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 you know if you can provide the books, provide the reading source. Okay, you're you're halfway there, and a lot of people don't have books in their home at all. Okay, they they don't yeah. know from books. They yeah. go to school. They don't know what what is this thing. Okay, there's no books in the home at all, and uh, you know in poverty plays a big role in this. And, you know, yes. if we don't do something about this, we lose a lot of kids. We just, we just yes. give up on them. Okay. And, yes. but, but it wasn't just the kids who lost. A lot of those kids were, are bright. All right. Yes. And they never were able to fulfill quote, their, their brightness destiny, their intelligence destiny, because they didn't even know they were intelligent. 
because they were never given the opportunity to be intelligent. And this is so important. You know, you make somebody literate, you open the world to them. All right. It's yes. that simple. Yes. All right. And yes, that's you know, it's, it's just amazing. That's and you simple. said, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a story. I had a friend who was a professor at a community college uh, outside of Detroit. And she had people who graduate students who graduated from Detroit schools a number of years ago in their top 10, their top 50 kids. Okay. And they yes. go to the community college, which is what they could afford. And they go to the community college. It turns out they were reading at a fourth grade level. They had graduated. Yeah high in their class, yeah. okay? And I'm using yeah. Detroit as an example here because, I, you know, this is not, I'm not picking on them at all, okay? It's changed. And uh, it's, just, it's just terrible because, it, it, you know, we, we, we wonder why so many people are on welfare and so many – it's because we, we haven't taken – we haven't gone to the top of the river and stopped the guy from throwing him in the river. That's basically what it right. is. This is, right. this is really doing yeah. that to keep using your uh, – your analogy, as we wind down here, you read, we've been talking a lot about Virginia, but you and I are talking to a, a many, many people nationwide, okay? At, at where are we on a nationwide scale here with alldistrictreads.org? Well, Reads is only three and a half years old, and so we're really focused on Hampton Roads. But, but, <laughs> yeah, but, but. Uh, in my old organizations, I used to do – things like this and little rock arkansas took this program on turned out the superintendent was in the rotary club there <laughs> you go most, of, most of them are and, most and of he, them are <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so he he brought his rotary club in little rock which they have about 125 members and he yeah. brought them into the schools he brought his own community champion and that was his working uh dr uh, mike poor and and when he took over Little Rock six you know like ten years ago, they they had been taken over by the state of Arkansas because their mm-hmm. scores were in the basement. They were inner city, a lot of violence, drugs, whatever. And so uh, and he was appointed to be superintendent by the state of Arkansas, the DOE of Arkansas. So he came in and he brought our program from uh, well. in with him because I've been working with Doctor uh, Mike Poor when he was superintendent in Bentonville, Arkansas, before that. And so he brought our program. So he said, and he's the superintendent, he said, I have a new program here that's going to change things in our in, in Little Rock, and uh, I would like to share it with you if you want to be part of it. So he said at the first meeting when he first got there, five people in the school system showed up. And he's the superintendent. Five people showed up. <laughs> wow. Well, but it's so simple to implement, and he went and he had his Rotary Club. He joined. He was in the Rotary Club in Bentonville, and and he brought him in. So six years later, six years later, this he has turned the school system around yep. because he's yep. building the foundation for these children. He's building the foundation. He's uh, uh, not, he's appointed Superintendent of the Year for the state state of Arkansas, and he retires. And he shared at our breakfast last year. It's un. It's so simple, but you have to focus on the foundation, and the foundation right. is language and stories for all of us. If you don't and, build and, the and foundation, wanting, and getting kids literate and wanting them to read, and you said it at the beginning of the show, you, you were in this in as a science teacher, and the kids couldn't yeah. read the textbook. So, so what the hell is the point of being it. a science teacher when the kids can't read the textbook? Okay, and that's something I, that, that every that, teacher needs to be well aware of. I believe they are, but it's just scary. You can't teach science so if you can't read. Yeah. yeah, 
Exactly, but the front front line of education today is elementary school because yep, if agreed. those children, right. as a, uh, I'll take school, it one step further. It's also pre-K. We give kids good pre-K; well, they're going to do a hell of a lot better. Yeah. Well, the parent who shared at our meeting yesterday, she had a three-year-old and a a six-year-old and a ten-year-old, and she was reading the books. Well, the three-year-old was in the room. She said the whole time, and she wanted to answer the question. <laughs> She wanted to participate, she said, and and so her, her and, and so yes, of course. So they're in the family. Once you get in the family, you're talking the whole family. They always want to be involved. But if those children and putting them in special ed, it just doesn't work for the vast majority of them. For the va- every now and then you have a turnaround, but the vast majority of them they still stay behind. But if they experience significant failure in kindergarten, first, second, and third, and repeated a grade, by the time they're in the third grade, they're almost done. They're almost saying, I can't measure up. I can't do this work. And and so then they quit trying. And, once, and school is hard. You have to try to do well in school. I don't care how smart you are. Yeah. You have to yeah. try. You have to study. <laughs> you have to apply. And, and, and even so, so you have to do some work. You have to try. And if they and I saw them, and that was the thing that really bugged me. Not only could they not read the text, they weren't trying to do well in my class. Well, they had given up. They had given up. What science got to do with me? What science got to do with me? I can't even read. They're not not articulating that, but that's what they're saying to you. Okay? And we we pass kids along thinking that's the way to do it. That's not the way to do it. Okay. No. And I always this say, is the way to do it. I hate to say it this way, but it's true. We call we call these wonderful people teachers, but if the kids aren't learning, they're not teachers. They're not teaching. That their job is to make sure that the kids they're assigned to learn. Okay. And passing a kid forward isn't helping anybody, and it's a mark of failure. Okay. We are well, teachers. That means we teach people they have to learn. Okay? That's our job. And if it takes the community to do that, that's what we do. And you're on the right track, my friend. You were going to say? The home. It's the home. Yes. You have to get a literacy fire started in that home. And if, yeah. and then that once you get that literacy fire started, once a child figures this out, then they build the house of literacy. And then teachers – can be so much more effective when students want to learn. Absolutely. And, and the, yes, and yes. And so this ends up and motivation. And when you read the book aloud, you, you ignite the child's imagination, you, and, and you make the story come alive, and all that builds their foundation, book after book, and they take the books home. It's theirs, free. We, we find private. Yeah, so nice. they have two books a year. And kindergarten, two books a year, and first grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. By the time they graduate from fifth grade, they've done 12 books in community, talked about it with their friends or family. And and I'm not saying it's totally, but what we have seen is the playing field is almost level. Because those kids now, because they're little people in, in elementary school, and if they've missed out in the preschool when they and you start downloading, they're still their minds are waiting there, and to read another book to me, read another book, and and then 
you know, like L. Ray Jakes' Magic is one of our books. And there's a whole <laughs> series of them. And then they, they pick up one on their own, and they they start trying to read it. And that's huge. Once they start trying, then they're teachable. They're, they're, they've they got, want to read. They want to learn. Yeah. yeah. And I'll tell you this, and I'll say this too. You make every kid, you give them a rigorous curriculum. And you you will see how much they want to learn. Kids yeah. want to do well in school, but they can't do it unless yeah. we unless they are literate. It's that simple. Yeah. All right, Gary, yeah, we got to go. Definitely. This was just great, and I hope we got all the points across for you. I mean, this was just absolutely terrific. Okay, it's all linked up here. Well, I'd like to. Boy, I'd like to get that. I'll tell you, buddy, I'd you're like going to go to heaven. You look what you've done. You're going to heaven. Well, I don't know. But anyway, I'd like to get Dr. Gordon come back on, and you can Please hear send. what a difference it's made. Well, you know what? We you can... know where I am, okay? Please send me an email, and we'll schedule that in. I'll, I'll tell you right now, we're very booked with the podcast. It probably won't be till early yeah. October, okay? But just That's get great. back to me so we can slot it in, okay? Yes, perfect. perfect. Thank He's you, Larry. Here. It's been a joy. Hey, thank you, thank Gary. You. This is great, and continued good fortune with this. You deserve a lot of credit, thank my you. friends. I hope I gave you uh, enough here. God okay? Boy. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. You did. You did. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Take care, buddy. Bye-bye. And I hope Gary does get in touch with me. I really do want uh, uh, Dr. Gordon to come on the show. It's, it's very, very important. Okay? Sounds like a great guy. And I also want to learn about his book. I plug it again. The Teacher's Lounge, the real role of educators in your schools. I just find that really fascinating. All right? We're going to archive the show at ace-ed.org, and that's where everything we do is, and it's all free for educators. Um, Literacy's changing. Reading's changing. You know all about it. Let's make it happen. I'm Larry Jacobs. Check out alldistrictreads.org, and thanks for listening.